Glad to be here worshiping with you all this morning. If you want to go ahead and get your Bibles out, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Um, if you don't have a Bible today, you can find one under a seat near you. You'll find one in the, the tray underneath the seat beside you or in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, we always say this, but I want to make sure everyone knows, any new people in here, if you don't own a Bible, take that one home with you that you find under your seat. That's our gift to you this morning. As we do that, as we get our Bibles out, I want you to know that this is going to be a, a heavier bit of text that we're going to be in this morning. And I know that we're, we've been in a season of heavy text, but Peter's really going to speak to us this morning through, through uh, the Holy Spirit into, uh, into what uh, the Lord wants us to know this morning about him and how we are supposed to act in persecution and in suffering. But as you do that, as you get out your Bible, um, just to kind of open up here, I was, I was listening to something this week that, that really resonated with me when I was also reading through God's Word and preparing for this message. I was listening to an interview um, with a, it was a one-on-one interview with a Navy SEAL, like a, a naval special warfare operator, right? Big manly dude with a big manly beard, covered in tattoos, just like a guy you do not want to mess with, right? It was a, it was a one-on-one interview with this guy. And this, this Navy SEAL was telling all kinds of, of war stories about his, his time overseas, about the battles he was in in the Middle East and everything that happened to him. And there were some really exciting parts of, of this interview, uh, where he talked about some close calls him and his guys were in and, and how they had to overcome adversity and some tough situations just to, to make it out alive. But even though there was a lot of action stories in this interview, which I love, there, the part of the story that intrigued me most was the way that this guy took a section of this interview and just explained how these Navy SEAL special operators prepare like all the preparation that goes into a mission, to a battle. The, the guy described in detail how they prepared their gear, right? their weapons, their ammunition, uh, every single piece of clothing, type of explosives they would carry, everything they prepared beforehand. They would try to prepare every single piece of gear for every scenario and every situation that they may face out in the mission. Because they knew that their mission would go smoother if they have, and have a higher chance of success if they had well prepared for the battle ahead of them. That there would be less surprise in adversity if, if, that they would face if they had prepared beforehand to face it. Well, today, the Apostle Peter is going to show us something similar that we are to do in preparation for suffering. He's going to show us the importance of preparation when it comes to a life we may live in persecution as Christ followers. Now, he's going to show us how we are to prepare as Christ followers to suffer for righteousness sake. Now, now we've been deep into this, and if this is your first time with us, let me give you a little recap of where we've been um, if, today, if this is your first time with us. As a church, we have been walking line by line and verse by verse through this first letter that Peter wrote to Christ followers in a region of the world at the time that was seeing violent persecution of Christians. Right, this region of the world called Asia Minor, like modern-day Turkey, where, where the Roman Empire was coming in and violently per- persecuting people who are coming to Christ. Right, these were, some of these were new converts. Like Christianity wasn't a big thing at this point in time. It was just starting to spread north into Asia Minor. And so this Roman persecution was coming in, and that's who Peter is writing to here in this letter. 
And as we look at the world we live in today, we can see similarities starting to rise up as we look at persecution as Christ followers. We know as Christ followers that persecution will come. Right? The Bible never hides that. Right? One thing I love about the Word of God is that God tells us everything in advance. Says, it's going to come. Right? They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you for my name. So we know as Christ followers that persecution will come. And as we walk in the opposite direction of a lost world, right, as we pursue the word of God, as we start to act more like Christ, we will be walking opposite of the stream of the world. And the Bible tells us that we'll be persecuted when we do that. And so we've been leaning in to Peter's teachings here in the, in the book of 1 Peter on how we are to deal with persecution in suffering for our faith in Jesus. So Peter, throughout this letter, has been discussing where our foundations should be in these times of persecution. He, how we need to have a rock-solid faith in Jesus and keep our foundational hope in him. All through chapter 1, he discussed that. We must have a rock-solid hope in the eternal life in heaven that we have been given through Jesus that he has provided for us. And then Peter moved on to how we are to interact with the world that will persecute us for our faith. How we are to act as living stones as Jesus is the living stone. We are to be more Christ-like, to strive to walk in his footsteps and be more like our Father. And also, Peter dove into how we are to interact in our, with our governing bodies. How we are to submit to the authority that God has placed over us. Also with our employers and even in our marriage. But today, the word is going to give us some tangible instruction on how we can prepare right now for any suffering we will experience in the name of Jesus. In fact, when you look at what Pastor John MacArthur says about this section of text, he gives a, a good overview of this. He says this, John MacArthur says, in this section, Peter calls for believers to be willing to face persecution for righteousness sake and even martyrdom for Christ. His call is a call to strength, to resolve, to unwavering firmness, like a soldier entering battle. Just like the, the Navy SEAL that we heard, that I heard in the interview, we're going to learn this morning how we are to arm ourselves against unjust suffering for our faith. So again, ready to get into this text, ready to dive in, heavier text this morning. If you're ready to get into it, say amen. Let's go, all right. Everybody's eyes on verse 1 through 6 of chapter 4 says this. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Now, if you're coming out of that text, if you look at the, 
the, the one phrase that this text is centered on. It happens in verse 1. Right, right there in verse 1, Peter says, arm yourselves. Right, this word in the original Greek translation means to literally take up armor and weapons. And we look at the original word that was written here in the Greek. That translation means to take up arms, to armor up, and grab your weapon. In order to have a strong resolve in times of persecution, we must arm ourselves. We must armor up and arm ourselves. And as a soldier, we must know what our weapons are and how we are to prepare to use them. So the first weapon that we are to prepare with is located right here in verse 1. The Bible says in verse 1, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Right, Our first weapon today that Peter shows us is our mindset in verse 1. Our very first weapon is our mindset. Peter opens up with a statement. Since, he suffered, since Christ suffered, arm yourselves with the th- same way of thinking. This is a call to get our mindset on the fact that Jesus suffered for us in the flesh. And we need to get our minds on the fact that we too will suffer in the flesh as well. This is almost a, a reality check that Peter's giving us. It's like, hey, listen, look in the text, look in the scripture, look in the gospels. You will suffer in Christ's name. Right? That's never hidden. Get your mind right. Get your mind founded in that. The word of God tells us we will suffer for our faith. In fact, Peter has not been shy, right? It's almost like as we're wa- working through 1 Peter, he just keeps repeating himself on these main points. Right? We will suffer in the flesh. And this happens all over the world. Like, we have to understand something here. All over the world today, Christians are physically suffering for the advancement of the gospel. Peter himself suffered for the advancement of the gospel. In fact, Peter himself suffered all the way to death for the advancement of the gospel. He was hung upside down on a cross. Peter was martyred just years after he wrote this letter. And I know as Americans, we think that this will never happen here. All right, we're safe. We're America. Like, this will never happen here. Nothing like that in our reality of our whole life, or even our, maybe even our grandparents' lives. It's not a reality. It doesn't happen. Right? Persecution physically for our faith, like, like real persecution, like unto death persecution, like Peter and these people are experiencing in Asia Minor, that, that hasn't happened here before. But I urge you to look at the way the country is changing how the leadership and the people are getting farther away from God's word. We're all called by the Lord to spread the gospel, right? That's what we're called to do. We're called to be disciples, to be ambassadors for Christ. And as we do that, the word tells us there will be persecution. It's coming and we need to prepare for it. And that's what Peter's doing for us now. We need to always be ready and have our minds right We need to ask ourselves this question. How far are we as Christ followers willing to go for Jesus? How far are we willing to go to spread the gospel of Jesus? Are we willing to follow Jesus like Peter, even if it means our lives? Peter was willing to follow Jesus to the end. 
And this is what we are called also to do. In fact, Jesus himself told all who followed him in Matthew 16, 24 through 25 this. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Right, Jesus is telling us here that we must be willing to pick up this instrument of suffering and continue to walk with him. Right, this is a warning. Anyone who follows me will pick up their cross and follow me. Suffering will come, and we as Christ followers must be prepared to take up that suffering and continue to walk step in step, unwavered in Jesus. We are called to arm ourselves with this mindset. Before we even begin in the suffering, have this mindset in your mind already set. The mindset that suffering comes before glory, right? For Jesus, the cross came before the crown. And for us, even if following Jesus causes us to suffer or costs us our lives, we must continue to follow him for we know there is glory in the end for those of us who follow Jesus Christ. We have to make up our mind right now, church. We have to set our minds on the fact that we will suffer. We will suffer like Jesus did for his name. And we will do this because he has given us freedom from sin and death. He has victory over sin and death. Right? That's the motivation we have to do this. Right? Previously, in the end of chapter 3, we talked about how Jesus went and proclaimed his victory over sin and death. He proclaimed himself as king, as the Messiah, as Christ, as the Lord. Through him, and only through him, we have victory over sin and death. And that's what he says here in the second part of verse 1. Peter says, whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And when we're suffering in the flesh, we must remember Jesus on the cross. Right? We must get our eyes to Jesus suffering in the flesh on the cross, that he was sinless and bore our sin. Right? Just, like, just like him, he suffered unjustly. He was sinless. He was perfect. He was without blemish or spot. He came down and bore our sin, the sin that was made for us. And now, because of his suffering in the flesh, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, we are free from sin. Though our flesh is still sinful, those who place our faith in Jesus will be free from sin after our physical body perishes. So if we die for our faith in Jesus, we live eternity sinless through him. This is the mindset we must have to armor ourselves in preparation of suffering. Our mindset is a weapon against the unknown suffering to come. Right, we don't even know what it is. We can tell you ourselves right now, we can set our minds right now on the fact of this, that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried and on the third day resurrected to defeat sin and death. That's where our faith lies. Our faith lies. What do we have to fear? Our eternal life, our eternal soul, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, is secure. Our mindset is a weapon against the suffering to come. We can withstand it no matter how bad it is 
because we have placed our faith in the one who suffered first and defeated it. And he has promised us eternal glory after this momentary suffering. But that's not the only weapon we have. Look what Peter says here in, verses, in verse 2. He says that so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time, in verse 3, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Our second weapon that we have in response to suffering is this, our obedience. Right? He says here in verse 2, we are to live the rest of our time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Now, we are called in verse 2 to live not in the flesh, but for the will of God. Well, where do we find God's will? In his word. Right? We find God's will for us in the Bible, in his word. And we are called to be obedient to Jesus and to keep his word. In fact, John 14, 21 says this, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. All right, we are to turn away from sin and to be obedient to the commands the Lord has given us in the Bible, even in times of suffering. All right, that's where our eyes should be. If we're suffering for our faith, our eyes should be stuck to what God's word says, how we are to act, how we are to react, how we are to carry our lives, where our worship should be, how we're to worship. Everything that we need to know in times of suffering lie right here in God's word. All we have to do is open it and get our eyes in it. Because Jesus commanded it, we must be obedient and do the will of God. But why do we think Peter is stating this? Why do you think Peter is bringing this up now? Because when we are suffering in the flesh, it is so easy for us in our sinful nature to be pulled into the desires of our flesh. We can see that in our lives now. When we get stressed or angry or anxious, we become focused on our current state, the current state of our flesh, the current state of our suffering that we're going through. And we can easily turn to things of the flesh to try to cope with this, with this suffering. Right? We, we, we as humans look for momentary escapes from the suffering, whether that's alcohol or drugs or sex or money or objects, houses, cars, whatever it is. We can seek the flesh to give ourselves a momentary relief. But Peter tells us that these are the old ways. Right? The old ways that the old dead you took part in. Like if, you're, if you are, put your faith in Jesus in this room today, those were the old ways that you coped with suffering. Those are the old actions of your sinful desires. However, now that you have died to that sin and have been raised in Jesus to new life, you are being transformed. Right? And you're called to be obedient and instead of pursuing your flesh, to pursue the will of the Lord. 
to turn away from sin and to live righteously by his word. Now, all of us have a, a story of where you were before you gave your life to Jesus. Like I have a story of where I was before I gave my life to Jesus. We call it a testimony. That the testimony of my life has a before. Before Jesus, I took part in all those things that Peter listed here. Every one of them. I checked every box. I ran full speed with the flow of the world and was jumping in on every desire of my flesh. But when I heard the gospel and placed my faith in Jesus, everything changed. Right? A transformation happened inside of me. There was a desire to be different, to act different. Jesus transformed my heart, and now all those human passions not only no longer satisfied me even a little, but they grieved me. Right? Those things that I used to enjoy, the drinking and the drugs and the alcohol, everything, it grieved me. My heart no longer desired those things, but desired the things the Lord was commanding me to. But the Bible tells us that when this transformation comes, and I know all of us have a story that we can think back on right now as we sit in our seats, where we were before Jesus. When this transformation happens, the people that you were running with before, they're shocked at the change. Like it's a jolt to them to watch you completely transform. I had a group of guys that I was, that I was running with. And I saw this happen. I saw what Peter says here in verse 4. He says, With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you or they hate you. I remember I was running with these guys for, for a few years, and all of us were heading in the same direction. Every one of us were trying to fill up our flesh, trying to find happiness, right? just a happier version of ourselves trying to, to do us, to live our own life. All, all the things the world tells us will, will fulfill us. We were fulfilling ourselves with our own desires. We were gods of our own lives. But the moment I gave my life to Jesus and I started running the other direction, after the will of Jesus, I instantly became an enemy. Right, from friend to enemy, just like that. They instantly hated me for it. Church, this will happen to us as we are obedient to the word and to God's will for how we live our lives. When, he, when we are living the way that he has called us to live, the Bible tells us the world will persecute us for it. Again, we're repeating ourselves, and Peter is repeating himself. It's because he wants this ingrained into your heart. This will happen this is going to happen as a Christ follower. We have to get our mindset right, turn our eyes towards obedience to the word. We must re remain steadfast in the obedience of God's word, and this keeps us grounded in truth. Because right, the world, as they're persecuting us, is going to feed us lies. We must be grounded in truth, and the truth is only here in God's word, in the Bible. We're not to... Uh, to Concern ourselves, even in suffering with the persecution we get from the world, but instead remain focused on Jesus and being obedient to his word. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus daily. We have to follow him daily. We have to abide in his word daily. We aren't to worry about the persecutors. We've been saying some things, Peter has been saying some things that, that just seem kind of odd, like submit to authority, 
even though it persecutes you, submit to it. What's, you know, we talked about that a few weeks ago. What's that? We're being called to, to react uncommonly to persecution. The point is that our, our hearts and our eyes are not to turn towards the persecutors and the persecution, but turn towards Jesus and follow him. To know that we were prepared for this. To not worry about the persecution because the Bible tells us here in verse 5 that those who persecute and hate us for our faith will give account to him who is ready to judge. Look at me in verse 5 again. He says, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Those who do not place their faith in Jesus and persecute his people will be judged for their actions in the end. But we as believers... We have the final and ultimate weapon that we can hold on to in times of suffering. And that's what Peter is going to show us next in verse 6. The ultimate weapon we can armor up with is our hope in eternal life. Read with me in verse 6. Peter says, For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Peter, in this verse, is placing our eyes towards our hope in eternal life. He's placing our eyes on that hope that no matter how bad suffering gets, even if it means our life, our ultimate hope is in the eternal life we have been given through Jesus, through our faith in Jesus. Here, Peter's reminding these persecuted people he's writing to in Asia Minor who have seen people be martyred for their faith. Before Peter wrote this letter, Peter were being, people were being killed by their, for their faith. The Roman Empire was, was crucifying them and beheading them and lighting them on fire, using them for torches in their gardens. And Peter says to them, this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead. He's saying there, here that even though they were persecuted in the flesh, Right? They were suffered and they died for their faith in Jesus. Because of Jesus, they live according to God in the Spirit. And that's the hope that we have also. Anyone in this room who has placed their faith in Jesus, that's the hope we have for eternity in heaven with Jesus. We, after death, will live eternally with Christ through Jesus. This, this is our hope. No matter what, we have an internal inheritance in heaven through Jesus. So Peter is telling us in these first six verses of chapter four, to kind of recap what he's saying here, that we must armor up and prepare for the persecution and suffering that will come. We must get our mindset right, that, that it should be no surprise when suffering comes for our faith. And out of that suffering, we know our mindset is that out of suffering comes glory. We must live our lives in obedience to the word. That no matter what is happening to us or happening around us, we are focused solely on being obedient to the Lord through his word. We are to focus on God's will and not our own will, even though we're being persecuted and suffering. And finally... We must remember in all of this that we have an eternal hope in Jesus. 
And we have to equip ourselves with these weapons. All right, there's a battle coming for every Christian. No matter what it looks like, it's coming. We will meet persecution and suffering for righteousness' sake head on when we have prepared these weapons. We will meet it without fear, without anxiety, knowing that as Peter stated in verse 21 of chapter 2, for this suffering we have been called that we would follow in the footsteps of Jesus. What do we have to fear? Right, what do we have to fear? The work is finished. All right, our, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, our eternity is secure. If the worst thing that can happen is that we die in our flesh for the name of Christ and spend the rest of our eternity without sin in heaven with Jesus. We must arm ourselves with these weapons now. We must prepare before because persecution will come. In some form or another, if we are abiding in God's word, if we are striving to be more and more like Jesus, we will suffer for it. We will suffer for what is good. Right? The Bible tells us that. First Peter has told us that. We will suffer for what is good and we will be blessed in the suffering. We as Christ followers in America need to wake up and see the world right now. We need to look with our eyes around what's happening in the world, in Ukraine, in Israel, in the streets of our own neighborhoods. We need to prepare our hearts for whatever is coming. So when it comes, when suffering for righteousness comes to our door, we are ready, church. We are a church that is prepared. We are fully armed. We're ready to stand firm in our faith. No matter how bad the suffering gets, we are armed and ready to look persecution in the eye and say, I do not fear you. I was called to this, and I will never stop proclaiming Jesus and striving to be more and more like him. We need to lean into Peter's words this morning. We must be armed, and when we are armed, as the word of God calls us to be, God calls us to be we will withstand anything the world throws at us. Because we have victory through Jesus. It is finished. And that's where our hope lays. That is where our hope is. So we're going to take some time and pray this morning that the Lord moves us this week to armor, armor ourselves up with these truths. And not only that, that we can get out into the community and armor up other believers. Let them know, hey, you may be asleep. Right? And it's easy as Christians to fall asleep. Wake up. Persecution is coming. We need to prepare ourselves for it. Lead them straight to this text and let Peter tell them how to prepare. Let the Holy Spirit of God tell them how to prepare their lives. So let's pray for that now. Father, we, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for your word today, God. Jesus, we, without it, God, we would be lost. We know that your word, Father, it transcends time. You know what's to come, Father. We have no fear. We have no anxiety about the future because we know as we read through your word, in the end, you are victorious. You have done all things, and it is finished, God. So, Father, we pray that in the coming months, years, days, whatever it is, 
whenever persecution comes individually into our lives or maybe it's persecution as a whole of your church, God, that we would be prepared in our hearts for this, that we would armor up as you've called us to armor up, to see your truth and be founded in it. So when persecution comes and suffering comes for righteousness sake, we will stand firm in it just as you stood firm. We will be righteous in it, Father. We'll be like living stones like you, that on the cross you suffered and you did not revile. We would act like you. We'd be more like you every day, Jesus. And Father, I pray that you prepare not only the people in this church right now, in this room, but your church, Father, for what's to come in the future. Prepare us, Father, so we can be emboldened and go out and fear nothing as we proclaim the gospel, proclaim your good news that you came down that you were perfect, that you were sinless, and that you who knew no sin became sin for us, that you took on the penalty that we deserve, the penalty of death, and that you defeated it out of your love for us so that we could live eternally with you. Father, we thank you for that. We worship you for that. We ask us, Lord, that you move us towards your word, towards abiding in you this week, and that you give us a concrete faith in you that you have done all things, that all things are finished. And all we have to do now is continue to tell people about who you are and what you did. So we ask you to embolden us in that, Father. Give us the strength to go out and do that. Eliminate the fear, any fears we may have to do that. Let us live as true disciples in you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, you are loved. You are sent. Have a great week.